Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I am Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. Um, you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Kama? Hi, I'm Kama. You can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And joining us, we have Devin. Hi, I'm Devin, um, GD Harpo on Tumblr and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Glad to be back. Awesome. Yay! Yay. Uh, so we're going to continue our watch uh, review of Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 2, with Stormborn being the title. Um, spoilers for the books and show, obviously. And I'm just going to put another plug out for the fabulous bingo cards that Kama made us. I think <laughs> I think people can keep playing them until they get a bingo, right, for the whole season? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. In fact, I think I'm, I'm going to... I think there are going to be several squares today. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I'm going to hit some tonight. (laughs) I can barely remember what they were, so I'm like not rigging the game or anything. (laughs) These these guys might be. (laughs) You won't be able to help them. I just just know they're on there. (laughs) Just there were a couple things. I'm not going to lie. Where I'm watching, going, well, that's going to be a mango square. Yep, that's going to be one. It would be like Tourette's. You'll just like out of nowhere yell boners for no reason. <laughs> well, now you just did. Right? If you have a boner square, go ahead and dab it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a dark and stormy night at Dragonstone, and Danny's plotting her conquering. Um, Tyrion advises Danny on how to conquer the Westeros with minimal carnage. Um, yeah, yeah. Danny questions Varys on his loyalty. He supported many kings, and after all, and uh, she adds, including her cruel, stupid, and weak brother. She demands to know who ordered her assassination. He tells her it was Robert. Varys will not swear blind allegiance, but he believes she is the best chance for the realm. She asks him not to um, conspire behind her back. If he ever betrays her, she promises that she will burn him alive. And I have to admit, I did not hate Amelia in this scene. <laughs> Really? Oh, really? I thought she had the dead eye. Really? First... Oh. Yeah. Her eyebrow act is under control. Like, I feel like the director, like, said, stop with the eyebrows. And the problem is, is she doesn't have anything else to give. So I spent the whole time going, is she stoned? Is she happy? Is she said, I don't know. There's nothing underneath. I think she seemed better when she was with Olena by herself. She seemed more natural. And I don't know why that is, but in this one, she seemed like she was just kind of staring off to just the left of, of various. <laughs> well, and she's with, like, it can't even be, like, we used to say, like, in the first season, she had all these great supporting actors. Well, she's she's in this room with some real talent. And, man, it's, I don't know. And, and does she realize, I mean, enough people have told her at this point that her father burned people alive, that saying she's going to burn Varys alive is kind of <laughs> foreshadowing she's going to turn into Ares. I mean, does she get the irony? Like, and the uh, fact that Varys just shrugs it off. Clotho. <laughs> 
And the fact that Varys just shrugs it off, too. He's like, I, I wouldn't expect any less. I know. And with a smile. <laughs> Did you guys, uh, just just to go back to her eyebrows, I don't know if you saw on Reddit, like, earlier this week, somebody had, like, a stabilization of her eyebrows gif. Oh. Did you guys no, see that? I didn't see that. I'll have to check that I'll out. I'll see if I can <laughs> dig it up. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay, so, um, Melisandre rings the doorbell, and Varys calls her out as a Stannis supporter. Danny tells Melisandre she's come on the right day. She's in a pardon- uh, pardoning mood. Um, she gives a quick glance to Varys, and um, she speaks with her alone. Mel and Danny speak of the prophecy with the prince that was promised. Um, Miss Sandy corrects Danny on her translation, saying, Prince can also mean princess. Um, Melisandre believes she and Jon Snow both are to play a part. She tells Danny to summon Jon Snow. Tyrion vouches for Jon's character. Danny's like, okay, send a raven. Tell him to bend the knee. So. I had, there is a lot of exposition. There was a ton in last week, and there's a shit ton in this episode going on, and it's not done particularly well. Yeah. And it, it, the other thing is, I mean, I was, I was actually pleased to see Melisandre. I think the actress is good. I like her, but I wish she had brought some lamps with her because I still, <laughs> I couldn't see a fucking thing this whole fucking episode. And I'm well, that, that storm at the beginning, I was laughing because I was thinking about how little light there was going to be with the storm. Dark like, okay, storm. Lord of Light, bring some lamps, bring some <laughs> something, anything. I'm like. I was also thinking how impractical that room is going to be when winter yeah. is really truly in full force in the storm. Oh, yeah. It's unusable. Oh, it's like yeah, a three-season porch that actually is a one-season porch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, oh man. Do you think there was a reason why Mel's kind of keeping her cards close to her chest and not revealing that... I mean, I'm assuming Danny doesn't know yet that John was brought back by her... Because I... I feel like she, a reasonable person wouldn't believe her. Okay. What about somebody that has also been brought back from the dead, kind of? (laughs) Well, I mean, but, you know, she's also coming in. It's not just that she was, like, you know, supporting another king. She was convinced the other king was the prince who was promised. Who's the other person that's been brought back from the dead? Well, Danny. Danny. Yeah, she would have been dead if she burned in the fire. Oh, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it counts. I I completely forgot about that. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, she's fire zombie. I mean, I guess she could have, like, taken off her, you know, medallion if there was any question, too, and been like, yeah, that that would have been fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just scare the whole room clear. (laughs) (laughs) My wig's worse than your wig, or my wig's better than your wig. <laughs> I believe that. And it was it. a little stiff. It was a little stiff. Did you notice her wig was a little, the curls are a little, I don't know. Hey, Who's it's wig? been a Amelia's? long ride from the north. Or, or Melisandre's. Danny's. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with, with Danny's. Out, I hate all this. I hate the costume so much. I hate the, everybody's in like, oh god, the it's ugliest war. shit ever. It's futuristic war. to me. It's war garb. They have to wear like leathers and hard looking stuff. It's all black. Stuff. Everybody's all buttoned up to the neck in the most unflattering. And then there's Tyrion with his unemployment beard. I mean, it's worse than when Stannis had it. <laughs> and it's jet black. I'm like, 
it has I don't huge know. colors, hasn't it? It looks different. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I kind of enjoyed these scenes here, though. Like, as much as everything else. Like, eh, I kind of like it. I like, like, seeing the story progressing to where we logically think it's going to go that, you know, John and Danny are going to meet. Hey, great. We've literally been waiting years for that, you know, bring it on. You know what I like about them is pretty much in every scene, pretty near every scene. Now you're going to get somebody that you actually like now because you know, everybody's been whittled down. Yeah. I do like these ensemble scenes. There's something to look forward to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to Winterfell. Um, we have Sansa, John, and Davos. They're deciphering the threat level of Danny's invitation via Tyrion. And um, Sansa says Tyrion's not like the other Lannisters, but thinks it's too great a risk for John. Davos has a light bulb moment with the mention of fire-breathing dragons in the note. <laughs> <laughs> you know what irked me the most, though, with this scene is the mention of Tyrion's character being unlike all the other Lannisters. How has... Yeah. He's the most Lannister of the Lannisters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Golly>. <laughs> And, like, how has Brienne not had a conversation with Sansa in, oh, you know, at James? any point? <laughs> or anyone no, been like, about hey, her sword? Yeah. Like, hey, nice sword. Um, <sighs> do you want to tell me about it? Or, or you know, Pod is a Lannister bannerman. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he's still yeah. in his Lannister garb in the middle of Winterfell. <laughs> well, no, doesn't he have a new um, fur cape this year? Yeah, but I mean, you'd think they would have noticed that. I mean, I'm pretty anyway. sure he was wearing his like, what is it, a jerkin? Like, <laughs> yeah, jerkin. his red, yeah, yeah, his red like quilted thing. Yeah, yeah, this, I think this so is too. Like lost, where you just wish that once in a while these people would actually talk to each other about what was going on, and they never did. Things would just go yeah. horribly wrong, and it's like. A five-minute conversation would have solved some of these problems. Yeah. At least they remember that Sansa was married to Tyrion, because oh, I yeah, kind of right. wondered, you know, <laughs> if anybody <laughs> Or that it would be, you know, brought up at all. So is Tyrion the Lord of Winterfell? Like, should he be... <laughs> could he have claim? <laughs> well, I'm pretty... Well, I don't know about that, but I'm I'm pretty... No, it would be through her. Well, did her marriage to, to Ramsay nullify... Like, how does that work? So that was show, that was know. that was a show invention because you okay. don't there's no I mean you can't just annul a marriage you can't just say oh they never slept together it's not a marriage there was never any mention of like <laughs> a ceremony or some sort of legal thing which all they had to do was say yep we stopped at the Septon and annulled it they did nothing so right. it'd be like you saying to Mister Clotho no I don't want to be married anymore. <laughs> And someone go, yep, that's fine. You're not married anymore. I mean, <laughs> that's what they did. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. I just feel like just, I know I keep harping on the fact, but like, I really would like a, a, a meatier scene between Brienne and Sansa. Like we're supposed to yeah. get, to get this. We've had like these little lines here and there, but I don't really get the sense that like, why would, giving, what's that? They're not giving her anything to do. It's, it's almost like, that season where she spent the whole time at the window. I mean, it's like she should have things to say. 
They should have. There's enough material they should have to at least have a conversation. Yeah. Her and then whole we would story, get more Gwen. Right. Her whole story this season has been like sitting in the hall of Winterfell, giving like looks of approval or disapproval, and then taking sexual eye assault from Tormund Giant's Bane. Yeah. It's almost like, why is she even there? You kind of forget she is until she does give some kind of look after somebody says something in the right. meeting hall or. Oh, Tormund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it irks me. Anyway, let's go to King's Landing. Cersei addresses um, Tarly and the other bannermen of House Tyrell. She implores them to think of the Mad King and how his daughter is no different. She sprinkle, sprinkles in a little fear of the other for good measure. And then Tarly reminds her of the three dragons. Kyburn is like, we got this science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie takes a moment to speak with Randall, Tarly, and his son, Dickon. He thanks Randall for coming. Jamie wants to know who he will serve when it comes to war. He offers him the rank of general. And he tells him, uh, he tells Jamie, I'm a Tarly. They aren't. We aren't oath breakers. Jamie tells him he needs to choose. So I don't know. I thought it was a smart tactic on Jamie's part, you know, using Dothraki and Unsullied as examples of, you know, who he'd be fighting alongside. But I absolutely loathe the fact that they made Randall Tarly into the principled person and Jamie into like uh, the piece of shit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like they need to give Jamie at least some. They need to give Jamie legitimacy of his opinions, because if there's anyone in this universe that should really genuinely be like, this chick with her dragons is the worst thing that could possibly happen, and we need to stop it, it's Jamie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He lived through all of this, you know, he, he lived through all of this crap. So he should, you know, he should have a believable fear of Danny that's based upon that rather than I'm Cersei's lackey. And I feel like, Every, I feel like this scene was so set up as I'm Cersei's lackey and I'm, you know, making up, you know, I'm using these threats of the Dothraki and the Unsullied when really the threat is this crazy chick with her dragons. Yeah, I yeah. I think he could have yeah, hit hit on that point better. Um, I didn't really see it as him acting as her lackey, though. I seen it as somebody that's trying to, like, control, like, put a manageable hold on things despite her inefficiencies. He's like, you know. Yeah, I think I think he is trying to control things. He did come across as the man I, you know, the character. You know, I, you know, like that he's competent and stuff, but he's not. It's not. He's not at his full. He's not in his full game, and they're not giving it to him. Hmm. I thought. I thought was Lena Headey has seemed kind of off to me. Like, the I don't know. Terrible what, hair. Well, and I'm oh, like, I, I, the clothes are so on the nose. The clothes is like, look, I'm wearing what my father wore. And I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's like, who wore it better? Well, he totally did. That look is not doing her any favors. I get, I do like they've got her totally covered up. And I get why that would be a good move, especially for what she's been through. But those clothes and that hair and that shade, and it's just, God, ugh. <laughs> and then you got Mr. Wizard. I mean, he's like my one bright note. Dr. Mengele, you know, Mr. Science. I love him. 
I love Kyber. Well, I'm glad they gave him something to do this episode because he's yeah. a really good actor. And yeah. with such a limited cast in King's Landing, it can't just be Cersei pontificating and, you know, Larry looking constipated, you know. like Yeah, they need to have. <laughs> they need to have a few more people. Well, and the guy playing Randall Tarley, I mean, he does nothing for me, but he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Like, he oh, yeah, totally he sold that yeah. whole scene. He yeah. sold, you know, the position he's in. He didn't come off seeming like a doofus. He really worked it out. But he should come off seeming like a dick, though. Like, that's the problem. Well, I think he did. A little he bit. He did come I don't off know. as a dick, but I don't think he came off. I think he came off as Randall Tarley. Like, look, I'm in this position. You know, the Terrells are my whatever, my main house. I, I, I got where he was coming from. And unlike a lot of stuff in this episode, it made sense to me. Yeah, there was I that. think for as broadly as they draw their characters, that Randall Tarley needs to be very broadly drawn as a bad guy. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. He had that one dickish line where he basically was rubbing it in Jamie's face. You know, we're not oath breakers. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, you know, he's More also that. the guy who drove off his eldest son and, you know, in book verse, at least. Yeah. Maybe that's why Dick is in Brienne the for. Yeah. <laughs> to remind us that he did that. Maybe. Uh, did you notice Jamie also sweetened the deal with offering him Highgarden? A little bit of a yeah. Sansa tactic yeah. there. So who's got, who's, and this is kind of going back to the scene before where Tyrion was mentioning that the Unsullied, he would go with the Unsullied and attack uh, Casterly Rock. Who is taking care of Casterly Rock? Is they, have they said on the <laughs> show? Well, no since one? they've yeah. literally never introduced any other characters for any houses, we there's know. <laughs> you know no one at Pike, no one in Storm's End, no one yeah. at Dragonstone, yeah. no one at <laughs> There are just these empty castles. <laughs> no one at Highgarden like, Why are they attacking? They could just walk in like they walked into Dragonstone. Oh, and presumably no one at River Run since... Like, <laughs> I feel like legit the only person at Casterly Rock might be Edmure Tully at this point. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is where it starts to, like, this is why you do setup. This is why you do this stuff in your previous seasons and you kind of have this established because otherwise it's like, what, so there are a bunch of empty castles around. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, literally every castle except for Dragonstone, the Red Keep, and Winterfell. Oh, and I guess... I mean, I assume. Well, who knows where Robert Aaron is? He's not at Winterfell. Oh, yeah. He's not. He's not with the Royces. So who the hell knows where he is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good question. What <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next scene, and it's Jorah. He's being administered to and given some very grim news. He has mere months until his mind is gone. Uh, Sam wants to try to treat him, and the Archmage Mark Maester is like, nope. He tells Jorah because he's a knight, he'll get one more day with him, then he has to get out. Um, Sam asks if he'd like to send word to his family. Uh, Jorah tells Sam he's been dead to them for years. I have to say kudos to the makeup people for the grayscale. Like, especially later, but... <laughs> oh, yes. I thought it was a oh little, God. like, a little harsh where it's like, well, if you were just a regular person, I'd, we'd send you off to, you know, Grayscale Island, basically, to live in, you know, horror and pain well, for the next going there, years. he just gets a day. No, I thought it was, that. like, kill yourself. Yeah, I thought he meant to kill himself. Yeah, yeah he, like, himself. he's like, you, I'm a, because you're an anointed knight, I'll let you kill yourself. Like, you're not just gonna, like, let the poor people do that i gotta say this is spot on i am like 
the academic in me, I I love Jim Broadbent normally. I mean, I think he's awesome. I love this casting. I like these scenes. Well, not all of these scenes, but <laughs> this sort of like kind of brutal diagnosis. It's like they're literally running like a charity hospital. That totally makes sense for that for a time period like that. You know, it, it, it's authentic. It works. And I don't I don't know how they stumbled on it, but it is actually kind of working. Why? How come they wouldn't just like slip them like a little poison? Like, wouldn't yeah, that be more. Humane? That might not be part. Of I don't know the ethics of that or part of their uh, code or whatever. But uh, I mean, it's sort of like they're giving him a choice. Like, they look, could serve him some poison and you know label it poison. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you're you've got to think about like I'm presuming that the maesters have some sort of equivalent of like a Hippocratic oath. Like there's yeah. certain things you do and don't do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is all, and I love the sort of um, Socratic method, the teaching the this, that between the professor student thing they have going on with Sam. Yeah. I mean, Sam is making all kinds of mistakes. You <laughs> trust me, you don't do what Sam's doing. Um, like question and want in to front of things. the patient, all this stuff you don't say, well, you might say, well, why didn't you do this? But it's like, you probably wouldn't be doing that in front of the guy who's going to die. You know, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of thing that you get schooled, you know, your, your preceptor kind of says, look, this is not how you do it. This is what we're doing. But don't you kind of feel like Sam got put into the wrong major here? Like, isn't he really there for like history and history. white Walker research? And he's like in a biology class. So, like, wait, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of these scenes. The basic premise seems to be like he's supposed to be trained as a maester, right? So your maester did a bunch of stuff is like sort of a jack of all trades. You'd have right, your maester and you get to choose what he's learning. I'm you know? guessing that they all have to do kind of like basics, right? Links yeah, on the chain. Everybody right? has to do everything. Right. You yeah. probably all have to get this. You have to get this. There's probably an order right, in but which Oberyn was to able to go and just get like a couple of links for a chain. Oberyn was, yeah, you know, first of all, that's the books. I think they've forgotten all of that. Second of all, I'm going to guess that they need this because they need to get Jorah and Sam and all together. But I mean, I think it's probably like Sam is probably doing a bunch of other stuff. And we're just seeing these particular scenes. Like you notice he was in the library. (laughs) He's doing... Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't, they're not going to start you out like with whatever those... I forget those stupid candles or whatever. They're going to give you basic stuff. You get grounded and then you gradually probably specialize. But the end result I'm guessing is you leave there and you go and you are the historian, you tutor the sons, you, you know, help with the childbirth. So you have to get a really well-rounded education. Hmm. So what they're doing, I think it's, I'm saying positive things about the show here. I think this is working. I mean, I'm saying this provisionally. At least uh, in this episode, it's working. Yeah, aside from the grossness, it's the one of the more enjoyable like things I look forward to. That was one of my favorite parts, actually. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right, we're gonna go on to Cersei and Kyburn scene. They're digging around in the basement, which is full of dragon bones. Um, Whores dig dragon bones, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they stop at the skull of Valerian the Dread, and Kyburn shows off his giant dragon crossbow prototype, and Cersei is pleased. 
I thought it could have been bigger. I was kind of disappointed. I wanted it to be, yeah, <laughs> to so be a little I. bigger. <laughs> I was thinking it would do more to the skull than just like, yeah, I didn't even yeah. get all the way through. I was expecting it to do a lot well, more. And that's that's a fossilized dragon that's like oh, 300 so. years old. As like a subject for the efficacy of a weapon, I think you could do better. I was upset that they did that, though. I was like, oh, they're destroying a specimen of the artifacts. We're all turning into like Indiana Jones. <laughs> Um, it belongs in a museum, I guess. Like, is there nothing else you can shoot this at? <laughs> no, you don't actually really want to answer that question. Kyburn's <laughs> Ky- oh. a showman, but he is not a uh, curator. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I loved about this scene is how much Kyburn understands Cersei, like letting her shoot it and knowing how much pleasure that would give her. Just something real subtle, but I, I really like that about this well, scene. Callback to the Marjorie job. Marjorie, yeah. 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 So their foreplay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's back on, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Big time. Um, Talking about the anti dragon gun, yo, for like a year now. (laughs) That's probably why. That's probably why I thought it was going to be almost like a good old (laughs) hype. And plus, like, it's. You know, the dragons can fly, so I don't see how this is, like, super maneuverable, but, you know. So is it, it like what the Maginot line where the Germans just walked around it and this <laughs> the Maginot dragon, the Maginot anti-dragon gun? Well, I think yeah. they're going to get one shot at this oh, yeah. and they're going to have to keep it under wraps. And it's going to yeah. this once that surprise factor is gone, I don't think it'll be a very effective killer of dragons. Uh, yeah, it was kinda, oh, go on. Sorry. Well, he says that every um all the people in this, like so many, um, whatever he called them in the city, have been working on them. So, are, is it just the one, or will there be more than one? Oh, because no. he said that he had people like, because it, it made me think about how Tyrion had everybody working on his chain in the books, and so it took yeah. me back to that. And I was like, so, oh, so there, there's going to be more than one, is what it sounded like, and there would have to be more than one for it to oh. be effective. Okay, that would make more sense then. See, I could see that. Yeah, like, like this a whole is wall like full of the King's Landing version of like. Coal miners, huh? <laughs> so putting those forgers back to work. <laughs> Anybody that else be- like uh, take time to imagine like Robert down there with his horse, <laughs> or is oh, it just me? <laughs> I in the Briefly. dragon's mouth, just- oh. Oh, <laughs> in the eye sockets, <laughs> spilling his wine everywhere. She- <laughs> <laughs> other things everywhere. I did think she she totally probably got it wrong. Like I I thought the reason he had I don't think Robert Baratheon needed anything to be removed to make himself look bigger. I think he had those dragons moved down there because they were they were Targaryen things, and he was saying, "Look, there's a new sheriff in town." And I think she just I'd like to right. think it's them saying, "Look, she misreads things," but I think it's yeah. yeah I mean, I, Robert doesn't seem to be a man that was really compensating for yeah, much, no, you know, like, <laughs> but that I don't think was one of them. It's probably like a reminder too that he is, you know, quote unquote, the usurper. So it wouldn't it be like, well, and I think it's a reminder of Rhaegar and then of of Lyanna too. Yeah, yeah. but I mean. It's like you redecorate. I mean, it's like I'm in charge. I'm not going to live around with the other people's furniture. It's my stuff, my rules. Joffrey did the same thing. Remember, he threw all Mm -hmm. of uh, Robert's shit out. I like to think there's like an attic room somewhere with all the tapestries. 
Yeah, I liked all the little flowery stuff around the with the big sconce. I don't know what they call them, the, but the pyres or the sconces around the, the yeah. columns. Cersei really cool. hasn't done any redecorating that I could tell. No, it looks the same. Turned out all the lights and put on Tywin's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> As one does. Okay. <laughs> Sounds, sounds kind of kinky. Did <laughs> I didn't mean it to go there? <laughs> All right, we're gonna go back to Dragonstone, and Yara argues that they need to hit King's Landing now, and Alaria agrees. Tyrion takes a jab at her and um, brings up Marcella, calls calls her an innocent, and uh, she replies, "There are no innocent Lannisters," and she says, "My greatest regret is that Oberyn died fighting for you." Well, nice to see Marcella was remembered. You know, I did give them props. Would bring it up. Yeah. I mean, and, if I were Tyrion, I'd just fucking kill her. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I would kill her right there. I don't know if that would Sorry. be a wise. <laughs> no, no, I agree. But I mean, I just I wouldn't certainly not tolerate her existence in the same room with me. Yeah. You know, people I mean, that kill my my close family members that I actually like, and then rub it in your face. Right, like, I feel like, no, that's not going to happen. Be grabbing the nearest chain and <laughs> <laughs> strangling. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to get into, like, the details. Well, I was sure. just thinking of what Tyrion does. <laughs> Tyrion definitely does. That's his M.O. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Danny breaks up their bickering, and she quotes Tyrion as saying, I'm not here to be the queen of the ashes. And Olana pipes up. And tells Danny, the lords and commoners of Westeros will not obey her unless they fear her. Danny tells them she will not attack the capital, she will lay siege instead. Tyrion wants to do it with a uh, Westerosi army, um, Dorne and Tyrell armies to be exact. The Unsullied will be used to go after, after Casterly Rock. Olana and Ilaria are clearly digging the plan. Uh, Yara, Ilaria, uh, and Olana support Danny. Danny asks to speak with Olana alone, and Olana gives Danny some advice. Ignore the men. Don't be a sheep. Be a dragon. So the thing that cracked me up about this is I, I feel like do the writers not know what a siege is? So you're saying, well, the people at King's do. Landing will be like super pissed if you burn them alive. But, you know, if you starve them for a couple of years, that'll, <laughs> that'll be super be awesome. And if yeah. the people starving them are from their country, that's way better than people starving them from other countries. Like, well, yeah, I mean, the king's landing. They don't know what a dynasty means. So no, this oh, is yeah. true. Oh god. Dynasty. <laughs> or dynasty. <laughs> well, I know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like defend the plan. It, it it will allow them time to for the people to turn on Cersei, which Tyrion I think has already said nobody loves her. So the likelihood of that happening are pretty great and I think he knows that. Yeah, point taken. Yeah, I loved Olana. She scene. did just blow up a sept with a whole mess of people in it. So what's going to keep her from like, you know, doing something like that again? So yeah, that's true. They should be concerned about her potential of having more wildfire yeah, and using like it. That to have oh. been brought up, like mm. you think they would have? Well, maybe because I mean, is Danny immune to wildfire, and you know, the dragons immune to wildfire? <laughs> well, so she might be, there. and the dragons might be. But I'm guessing. I mean, if they're if they don't want to attack because they don't want to kill innocent people, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I mean, 
at some point someone should mention that you, maybe this. I mean, wouldn't taking a dragon before they had the guns? I was assuming they didn't have the dragon guns. Like, wouldn't taking uh, taking a dragon just flying down and you know blowing some fire in through her window? Right. <laughs> like, know. do you know? Do like a uh, you know, end of WW two strategy where you you know blow some shit up, give them a chance to surrender, and then <laughs> if they don't, you know, fire and blood. Anyway, of this scene, I, I think Olana was definitely my favorite. I love every scene she's in. So, um, you know, I, what do you think of her advice? I don't understand it. Yeah, I didn't really understand it. I was there wondering. was a lot in this <laughs> scene. I mean, they all said it with great authority. Like, the acting, aside from Clark's, was pretty good. But it doesn't make a lot of sense when you try to examine what it is they're actually saying. Like, I didn't get this advice. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's an advice. I I guess if I really thought about it, is she saying he's an advisor? You take that as far as it goes, but you got to be the leader. But I was she saying burn them all. But I mean, the fact that we don't know what she was saying is a problem. Well, if I, I could, Yes, I think Olana is, um, she's beyond grief, right? She's in like a fuck, yeah. fuck them all, burn them all. And I think she's manipulating Danny. Yeah, so she's just pure revenge at this point. Yeah. Then I think, then something didn't, that something hasn't been done right. Cause I didn't get that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a lot of muddied stuff going on here. I don't know if maybe if somebody else listening has an idea, you know, that's that's what my take on it was, but I'd love to hear some opinions on that scene. All right, let's go on. We have Miss Sandy. Um, she knocks on Grey Worm's door. They get naked and make sweet love. And to be honest, um, I think Grey Worm probably looks like he's a damn good lay. <laughs> <laughs> He they knows what he's doing. Like, like, yeah. like perfect. Oh, my God. Not just, not just <laughs> I think. I, mean, I, I know people complain about this, but, you know, oh, it takes up time. I don't, I mean, given that there's so few characters left in the show right now and that re- everything is so awful and everyone's unhappy and it's so downbeat to just have a couple of people not talking about killing people, you know, doing stuff that makes them happy, having like a little bit of joy in their life. I and think her, yeah. I'm happy about that. Like I want to see more of that. And, yeah. you know, frankly, they're both like stunningly beautiful. So, you know, yeah, let's, let's have our little tits and ass, like bring it on. Game <laughs> yeah, of and, they're, and they're people you care about. It's not just some brothel, you know, it's not, we got right. plenty of that. I mean, this is actual characters that, you know, they're good actors. The nudity made the sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I liked it. I mean, I know there's a lot with the show I can't stand, but it wasn't just random sex workers wandering around just taking clothes <laughs> off for no reason. It, it kind of all made sense in terms I of the story. I don't know. I feel this scene could have used more little finger. <laughs> <laughs> like, just popping up in the corner. <laughs> just I'll- lounging on his... <laughs> On the Although, bench by the window. <laughs> I was kind of laughing about how they didn't have... I'm assuming like that there were no underclothes. It was just really quick. Like That's one thing that... Well, well I guess uh, Grey Worm kind of had the lower, but it, it was just whoop, but it's just all one piece that just tore off. That was kind of... I don't know. 
I don't, I, I, I don't think any of them ever have small clothes. Yeah, like yeah, I guess it's just for... It's all just <laughs> random. Oops, I'm just going to unwrap my dress and boom, it's gone. All totally naked. Well, Ramsey's, yeah, um, Ramsey's really women like had scene. underclothes. Sorry. Let's <laughs> not go there. That was a terrible... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> please don't that's another end of the spectrum I don't want to go back to <laughs> I, know, I, I do agree with you Guile with your point about it the tone of it was so nice you had like these two characters where it was vulnerable and sweet and it was gives you a little bit of a relief from the regular yeah doom and gloom and I mean I feel like they've earned that too like they've kind of earned that moment mm-hmm. for that ship you know and they're fucking yeah. hot. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't care about these characters. Like I don't. Grey Worm and Masani, they're just boring to me. But I really like the scene. But they are the two most boring characters on the show to me. You are right there as well. <laughs> you, you're right though about the earn moment. I mean, because later on we have an example of totally like why you need the earned moment, and we got it here. They built this mm-hmm. up over a couple seasons. It was well done. I mean, I, even if I, they're not my favorites, I could understand what, you know, where each of them was coming from and what it meant for them to be together. And it worked. I mean, it was the payoff. That was a big part of the reason, like, people, like, they really messed up with a lot of the scenes last season with those characters. Like, I think they could have contributed more. And again, I think they're, they're good actors compared to Amelia. I think they messed up those characters' arc. Like, if they could have made them interesting. But this is an example of of what you're supposed to do and what you get when you do it properly. You get that payoff and we got it here. It's For a nice scene. Those millions of Miss Sandy and Grey Worm shippers. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so happy for you. <laughs> I'm not watching it going that. like, now who are they again? Like, which one is which? You know, I'm watching it and I know who they are. So it it was like, it wasn't like random sex worker number two. It was like, no, they're actual characters. They've interacted. We've had who they are. It, there's a build up to it. This is how you write. And it seems likely one of them's, I mean, is that sort of the consensus that maybe Grey Worm or somebody's going to die this gonna season? Die, yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah, I had to give yeah. them that. Oh, yeah, I mean, scene. I assume when they've, like, had, had a resolution in. and had sex, like, yeah, and that's someone's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> this is like our dream. Is Jamie Shippers at least, can we get this? Right, exactly. Like, can we have this? <laughs> I think I read a tweet. It might have been Gatto's tweet, something about because of the length of this scene, Jamie and Brienne's better be, like, a half hour long. <laughs> Just like really, just grossly explicit. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Against walls. <laughs> we bet like, no. You know what? <laughs> We're gonna get carried away. I just, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna stop this before it turns into that Beauty and the Beast scenario or inanimate objects yes. in the room. Okay. <laughs> so the next scene, we have Sam in the library, and he's checking out history books, but it's medieval journal, or sorry, medical journals about advanced grayscale that he's interested in. Um, Archmaester Pylos had written of two cured advanced cases of it, and our, the current Archmaester points out that that man also died of grayscale. Grayscale. <laughs> <laughs> Procedure is far too dangerous, and it's forbidden. Um, so we have in another, the next following scene is Jorah composing a letter to Danny, and Sam enters um, with a, a cart full of stuff. He tells him, you're not dying today. Jorah drinks a shit ton of rum and bites down on some leather. 
and Sam gets to work. Sam begins digging into the infected flesh, apologizing, and he asks Jorah not to scream. And I have to say, I squealed when they transitioned into the hot pie. That it was- <laughs> oh my god. I can just tell from your detailed description, though, of how much you loved it. <laughs> I feel about gore. <laughs> oh, I was. I love the transition. Especially after that. the transition. I loved it. Finally, like, reaching back and it being the transition to Sam grabbing the book. Like those, I love those two transitions. The sound effect, especially, especially the second one. I made a note of this director's name, and if I am turned off by chicken pot pie, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I mean, I hate gore. Like it's so hard for me to watch. But I mean, this was like again, this was like something kind of fun. Like it was no, fun. it wasn't Gross fun. What the hell is wrong with you people? I could not turn away. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't like gross things, but I couldn't look away either. <laughs> it's like watching those zip popping videos. Oh God! <laughs> what you do? When he when he walked in, he said, "You're not dying today." It made me think of like Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. I was like, Doctor Sam, the Medicine Man. He was like, oh, just the way he said it. Oh, partly because I've been liking this sort of Sam gets schooled kind of in the you know goes to college kind of arc going on. Part of me, and this is going to sound horrible, part of me wants Jorah to die so that um, Jid Broadbent can basically say, see, this is oh, why we follow you. the rules. Oh, because and you guys, we skipped over Jim Broad, you know, Jim Broadbent's working on that book. Yes. Oh, God. So it was was the, which yeah. obviously is going to be entitled The Song of Ice and Fire. Awesome. Yeah. I think yeah, we I was, saw like one of our final scenes, like the foreshadowing of one, our, one of our final, final scenes of the series. That yeah. was awesome, yeah. When ah. he says something more poetic, I was like, oh! <laughs> you see, I felt like that exchange, there was some importance to it, but I was like, I don't understand this. <laughs> His book title was like, I wrote that, it was like, The Chronicles of the Wars Following the Death of King Robert I. It's like, yeah. fucking yeah. long and bland. <laughs> Chronicles well, of Westeros. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, he's such an academic because he's like, oh, do you have yeah. a better title? Like, what would sell? You know, if that is totally dumb. I mean, we're trust not poets. But uh. why? Why are they not? Okay, another thing. Back to like the grossness and the the okay, bloodborne pathogens. Like, you don't. You wear a mask. Like, I know it's old times, but if they well, know enough to wear gloves, why? That goo could splash in his face. Well, right in his eye. Okay, this is the other reason why. I mean, I'm assuming that the whole reason with the grayscale, gray I think, is modeled after leprosy. Mm-hmm. You don't cure leprosy by cutting it off. It's cured by, like, massive antibiotic cocktails. I mean, that's what you do. Not according um, to Pylos. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, do you know the story of that name? Do you know who Pylos? So that was supposed to be a character in the books from, I think it's from A Clash of Kings. He's like the replacement maester for, um, uh, what's his name? The guy who, uh, in Dragonstone who dies. Yeah. But Brian Cogman originally had planned on on making a cameo and see, you know, when he was going to, they were going to have Master Pelos or whatever his name is. Oh, be the one teaching teaching uh, Davos how to read. And that was how Brian Cogman was going to get in the show. So oh. he's he's resurrected that name here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Still we... not getting on the show. <laughs> no, he's not, especially if he's playing a dead guy. But yeah. 
we have I have to say it like Samwell Tarly is no coward. Like to do this, yeah. this is not the act of a coward. It's no. Yeah. I mean, Although you don't go into the room going, yeah, I've never done this. Let me look at the book again before I cut off law terms. <laughs> yeah, but Sam thing. would. That's such a Sam thing to do. Yeah, is somebody's to, like, always got to be that guy, right? Before. Someone's always got to be the first. So this is how it happens. This is how medicine advances, comma. <laughs> yeah, but he's not the first. He's... He's one in a series of dead guys who didn't make it through, and the guy who did this theory, also dead. That right there should tell you there's a problem. Sorry. (laughs) One thing, um, these scenes, both of the Sam and George scenes made me think of was from the books, the, um, like, Gior's dying wish to Sam about Jorah. I could not help but think about that, about tell him to come be forgiven and take the black. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we good with this one? Can we go on to Arya's yeah. scene? Okay. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can just feel the anticipation. All right. So, I literally squealed when this happened because yeah. I was thinking of you. <laughs> so, Arya is at an inn listening to two patrons talk about Danny's dragons and getting back to King's Landing when she's interrupted by Hot Pie. Hot pie! <laughs> Who else thought of Clotho during the scene? I did. I totally did. I'm like, yeah, she's gonna be so happy. So Arya and Hot Pie talk of pies and big lady nights. She tells him she's going to King's Landing, and Hot Pie says he thought she'd be going to Winterfell. The Boltons are dead. Jon Snow is king of the North now. And then he comps her her bread and ale, then calls her pretty. She tells Hot Pie, try not to get killed before leaving. Arya gets on her horse and heads north. That's marriage <laughs> so, material right there, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, he did kind of do a, a reverse Dudley, though. Like, he's, like, the actor is, like, significantly bigger than he was two years ago. I, I kind of, you know, it was weird because I, you know, we sort of joked about the idea. Oh, he's going to be, was it Neville? Like, he's going to come back and, like, look really hotty. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I was like, I kind of like that it was the opposite. It's like our, our good old hot pie that we always. Yeah, he's love. <laughs> he settled somewhat, and he has access to a lot of carbohydrates. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I loved how he was looking at her with like sort of glowing eyes as she was eating. So like, you know, she was just kind of like with gusto, well, like shoving things in her mouth. And he advice. He did from butter he before a- you put it in, the, like when you're making the crust. And he was impressed that she was making pies. He's like, oh. Yeah, she just casually mentions making pies. <laughs> that like, she makes apparently make she was concerned about the taste. <laughs> but she was so calm. She had no hype at all. I was like, oh, my God, how can you be calm? It's all She's like, oh, okay. No, she it was the dead-eyed smile. whack job Aria was what that was. Oh. 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 She I was also- trying to be an adult. You know, she was trying to be an adult you know like by drinking you know drinking up the ale and not being excited you know i totally do wonder about her intelligence she managed to reveal all this shit about what actually went down in the room to walter you know to walter Frey's men there she knows all about salisa the baby the whole bit which i don't know but she hasn't heard about john snow and winterfell which seems like that would be kind of big news but and, well, he knew it. and people are at home more, you know, news isn't traveling quite as much in the 
Yeah, but he knew it. He knew the whole thing. Yeah, but Hapai would see everyone, you know, everyone that travels through he would talk to. He knows all the gossip. Yeah. He's like Gossip Girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's... uh, Oh, go ahead, Clotho. Like, this sort of worried me because you know how excited I was to see him at the end when they said, I'm a survivor. I think that... God, I know. Are we going to get him as like a white, like just walking towards area at some point next season? Nope. Uh, nope. She has to kill I him. No, nope, I think he's one of our. I think he's one of our safety guys. Okay. Like I think that he that gets his happy. You know, he gets his happy ending. I think I can deal with everything if I'm. <laughs> even the boy, like I can deal with anything if Jamie, I'm. Jamie, Brienne, Clotho is fine, but you touch up by man, she's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's go to the north. We have John, he's addressing his men, and he shares his notes. Uh, Sam sent him one, uh, talking about Dragon Glass at Dragonstone, and Tyrion's letter of invitation to Dragonstone um, to meet Danny. John tells him he's going, and he'll be riding to White Arbor with Sir Davos. Uh, Sansa Wait, reminds John of their grandfather being roasted. Uh, the North is one of the Seven Kingdoms. Danny intends to conquer, and she says it could be a trap. John trusts Tyrion, and uh, it's Lord Royce, right from the Vale. Yes, he mm-hmm. okay. Um, he agrees with Sansa. You can't trust a Targaryen or a Lannister. Um, Lyanna adds, "We need the King in the North. In the North." John tells them they need powerful allies. Sansa implores him to send an emissary. John tell her, tells her it needs to be him that goes. Uh, he's leaving Winterfell in good hands. And she's like, whose? He says, yours. She's pretty much like, okay. <laughs> you know, they need to learn to talk before they have oh, yes. oh all, all hands on deck like, meeting. Geez, yeah. yeah. So yeah. tired of these scenes where they discuss everything in front yeah, like of everybody. He, uh, like he's leaving her in charge, and you have not already told her this. Well, this he obviously talked to, da- to Davos because he knew he was going. So it's so wrong to do that. Yeah. yeah, and they had the scene together earlier where they could have finished discussing all of this. Yes, yes. They had the scene earlier. Yes, I think they're trying to set up this conflict, which is fine, but there are other ways to do that more effectively, yes. and that could be. Okay, because there were a lot of things in this scene that didn't quite work to me that felt very disjointed. But, like, here's what I would have done to improve it. Like, they have their disagreement scene privately with Davos, couple people, whatever. But it's not in front of everybody, right? Mm -hmm. She's reluctantly on board, maybe. Maybe or no, she's got to suck it up and deal with it. Then they have the scene out in the middle with the whole people. And they're all not on board, and you can tell, like, she's really unhappy. I mean, you could do something like that. Because the way it all worked was, this director, I think they got him on to do the action stuff, which is fine. I mean, his stuff is in the end. But this was like, there's a lot of people in this room together, interesting people that we all kind of care about. But it was like, we'll cut to this person, we'll cut to this person. It did not feel very cohesive to me. Maybe I'm alone with that. I don't know. But it didn't feel like. I mean, honestly, I didn't care because I know that John's going. Obviously, John is going to Dragonstone. And so the whole point of arguing about whether he's going to Dragonstone is a pointless scene to me. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're trying to like, like I said, if you are trying to set up this idea that Sansa and he will be opposed, which it kind of feels like they're doing. 
I think there's a more effective way to do it because them arguing about this stuff in front of all the people just tells me neither of them know what the hell yeah, they're doing. Yeah, makes them both You like don't idiots. do that. Yeah. Shows weakness. So in the crypts, um, John is viewing Ned's grave when Littlefinger moseys on in to the conversation. Uh, he, he tells John um, to give Tyrion his best. He speaks of his love of Cat, her disdain for John, and how she underestimated him. John tells him, "You don't belong here." Littlefinger tells John that he's not an enemy. He confesses his love for Sansa, and John slams the fucker into the wall by the throat. John threatens Littlefinger with death to stay away from Sansa. John, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I cheered. John, you are doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> you should have kept going a little harder and killed him off right then and there, and I would have yes. loved John forever. You have never favorite- heard a bad word about John from me ever again. There's a great comment on Twitter with like a screenshot of Ned's um, effigy. It's just I, I know nothing else about this season. I know that that statue is getting knocked over. <laughs> oh yeah. I was this questioning when they had time to build that sucker, but yeah, that's a, that's what I thought too. I did, yeah, oh. I did too. That's a good question. Or maybe they get it like commissioned before they die, kind of thing. It's like they retire. Already there yourself. We might as well just start work on it. Yeah, going south. <laughs> go ahead and get it ready. They should have someone like work, you know, feverishly working on jobs. <laughs> <laughs> as he's awesome. pulling out, you see somebody carving it. <laughs> Oh my god, they missed a moment there. That could have been brilliant. <laughs> oh, I love it. So John waves goodbye to Sansa, and then you see little finger look up at her from the courtyard below. So that'll be the end of that one. <laughs> Arya is in the woods by a fire when her horse starts to get fidgety. She quickly su- um, is surrounded by a pack of wolves. Uh, Nymeria approaches her from behind, and the dire wolf growls. Arya lays down her sword and asks her to come north with her. Nymeria pieces out, and then she just says, That's not you. My emotions during this scene <laughs> were just all over the place. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. I know pe- What's that? I know people who have been kind of tolerant of the show, who've been like making excuses, who were all, you know, oh, it's just this scene was like this was their line in the sand. Because <laughs> <laughs> people who went, you know, lost it about this, like are furious. And I, why, I get why? it. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Please explain. Well, I think because it's the idea of the wolves being connected with the children and the, and I think, you know, they liked that aspect. It's like us. If they did something like, I don't know when they've done things to Jamie or Brienne, I think for some people, this is a big deal. The connection between just wrote it off. Well, it's one of the more beautiful parts in the book. I mean, like when you hear, or like Nymeria, um, Arya is constantly having those dreams about the wolf pack. And that yes. the wolf, Niberia is connecting her. So like when they're trying, she's going in Bravos to be trained and they're basically trying to take away Arya and turn her into no one. She's still dreaming about the wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and I think for a lot of people, that was like really important. So they were not this, cool with the wolf, like denying her. And yeah. denying her. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I guess I'm hopeful that 
we will see Nymeria at some point again. I don't know why I feel like that since we haven't even seen Ghost this season, but oh. you know, it, was, it might not be the end of it. But yeah, I, that's, I don't know. It's always it's been one of my biggest complaints about the show is just none of the Starks having the that connection with their dire wolves. And I mean, it has, I mean, because I love it in the books, and I, I love dogs, so that's like my thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's always been a problem for me, and especially our Arya, because of kind of what you were just talking about when she's in Essos, she's still having these wolf dreams. There's still a connection there, and it's just the the thought that this will play out differently in the book. We'll never get it. Yeah. And I don't get why. Why is it harder? Like. I think dragons are harder than wolves. Like, yes. what is so complicated about this? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't that. know either. Like, I would you're just making a dog into a bigger dog. Wolves. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. My my guess <laughs> is that they have, you know, they're budgeting where they think they get the most bang, and that typically is Danny and it's John and mm-hmm. it's the dragons, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they get. That's always a showcase in any trailer. They get all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I think they are not invested in this part of the story. And they never built it up. I mean, it is not really a part of... I mean, there is stuff in the first season, but it dies out pretty quick. They can't, and they can't blame the dogs like they did the cat with, um, oh, what was it? Uh, was it Boo? Who was, oh gosh. Sir Pounds. Sir Pounds. Yeah. They blame the cat, but the dog's reasonably well trained. You know, it's right. And like, I think, oh, I think with Ghost, I can't remember where I read it, but Ghost, like, he is, that wolf is somewhere else. So it's a lot to fly well, shot, him back and forth, uh, things like that. Um, well, they shot Arya's scenes in Canada. Okay. And they've shot direwolf scenes in Canada before, so I'm okay. not, you know, that's, so maybe that's, that's part, a mean yeah. they shoot there. But in any case, I mean, yeah. they're yeah, shooting scenes all over the world. They're, you know, put it in the budget. How expensive can Canada? Yeah, put be? it in come the on, budget. Like, it's Canada. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> give you dollars way weaker. <laughs> You know, dire wolves always look so cute compared to the like the well, you know, obviously they're wolf wolves, so you can tell, but <laughs> their faces are so funny. Oh. Um, one thing I did, I like, I, like I loved and hated this scene. I hated it for the reasons we just talked about, but I loved it because I mean, I loved how huge Nymeria was yeah. and her pack. Um, there was one wolf that like for each of her brothers and sisters, there was a wolf that resembled. Um, oh. the other, the other start dog was like, there's a all black one. Um, like this kind of looks like shaggy, shaggy dog. Yeah. There's a white, there's a white one that clearly looks just like ghost. There's one that looks like lady. Oh, um, cool. summer. Yeah. And like, I really love that. And even gray wind. Oh, it's cool. It's a cool nod. Yeah. Pick that up. Yeah. I was all in on the scene. <laughs> That's awesome though. <laughs> all right. Let's go into one that we're not all in on and it's the sand snakes. <laughs> <laughs> they're below decks and um, they're so obnoxious. I was like, just God. I was just horrible. <laughs> My line is really they annoy both on land and at uh, at sea. <laughs> 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 Arguing over who gets to kill who in King's Landing. And again, I have to reiterate though, I don't it's not entirely the actress's fault. It really no. isn't. No, no. This was the shittiest no. dialogue I've ever seen it's on horrible. this show. God, a foreign invasion. Oh, it wasn't quite as bad oh, as that actually was as bad as bad it's tacky it's all so it's stupid awful. and tacky <sighs> up top uh, Yara and Alaria are getting flirty over drinks and Theon refills Alaria's cup 
she asks him if Yara is a queen, what does that make him? Yara tells her Theon is her protector. Things are definitely going in the direction Kama's been rooting for when they are rudely interrupted by an attack. I don't want Asha with, with Alaria. I want Asha with Danny so I could actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, so this was not the lesbian sex you were looking for? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, I misunderstood. Sorry. <laughs> so you're on boards their ship in style. I want this action figure with the bow and the thingy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like, do you guys remember when we were kids and they'd have like the Star Wars Death Star f- things and like they had the built in trash compactors? That yes, get, yes. Like that. Like that's what I want. That version, but with that gangplank. Oh, my God. Oh, that gag. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And they do look really cool. I had to listen, though. Like Mr. Clotho was in the Navy, so I had to listen to a detailed explanation <laughs> as to why the side sails not be physical. Like the physics behind the side sails wouldn't work and the ship wouldn't float. You know, it would dock, you know, all this stuff. So, You're like, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> Sorry to take the magic away. They wouldn't go under that thing. So Nymeria and Obara take on Euron while Tyene goes below decks to protect her mother. They are taken alive while the other two are killed up top. Yara attacks her uncle and respectfully holds her own until Euron gets the better of her. He calls out to Theon and he has Yara by the throat. Theon takes a look at the carnage around him and nopes the fuck out, jumping overboard. And I have to say, smart move, Theon. How the fuck can you blame him for doing that? No, I don't blame right. him. I mean, I don't think anyone uh, can blame him. I also think if he would have, you know, attacked, it wouldn't have done any good anyway. Right? They both no. die. And he's been through some shit. Uh, and like, I, he was so brave to be fighting that whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was and, just when it stopped and he actually had to, like, think about what was happening that he broke, you know? Yeah, and the, yeah. the shots to people, like, being mutilated, like, I think it was oh. an ear getting cut off. Yeah. yeah. Teeth, teeth or either a tongue being cut yeah. out, and like, yeah, that, and that's when he broke. And, uh, get yeah. out of all the awards. Yeah, please. no, he, he kind of helped a little bit. The scene, I had so many issues with this whole sequence. So mm-hmm. many issues. I hated... I don't like same sex stuff just to titillate. And then I hate when it's immediately followed with violence. I hate that. Mm. We got enough of that in every other form of media, you know, Mm. no. Um, I actually, there's a piece of mail that kind of addressed one of my other problems, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, I hate that this seemed to have mostly been filmed in the dark. I know I'm not alone. No, you're not. Because the next day there were like four conversations on my Facebook wall from totally different people speculating about who that was hanging from the prow of the <laughs> ship. Oh, okay. And I really feel that they, you know, and everyone's like, I've got this giant TV. Why couldn't I tell? And I'm like, you know, people speculating it was Asha, Alaria, etc. I mean, we shouldn't, that should be clear. Well, I don't know. Something. Yeah. It, I think it should be clear, but yeah. I think the I mean, silhouette was pretty clear in that shot. It was obviously a sand uh-huh. snake by her whip. Sand snake, yeah. yeah. They didn't know and the other one yeah, with her spear. This is my biggest problem with this whole thing. They brought these stupid characters on. They stripped out all the stuff that was interesting about them. They turned them into cartoons. And to most be people fair, were there's like, nothing interesting about any of the sand snakes except for Ilya. And Ilaria is a completely different character. Okay, so. you're going to write your own characters. That's right. fine. But make them interesting. Make people care. 
And it, there was like a, a tweet somebody had about the sand snakes died like they were, you know, something or like they lived, you know, mostly confusion and nobody. I mean, I, mean, I kind of cared that they died in the sense that I was happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, I, that's not, not the intended effect of the. I mean, I'm pretty I think it was not. I, I think, think it was. was. And I think they gave Euron those kills to bolster yeah. his popularity because he's somewhat new oh, to the audiences. Fan, too. Fan oh, he is yeah, such like... a dweeb. I can't. St- I, this guy does not. There's no charisma for me. None. Really? Looks, none. Absolutely none. He looks like a drunken idiot half the time. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, you know, classic Euron. But I mean, he's scary in the books. This guy. Like I said, he looks like the kind of guy who dresses up and can't get into the club. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the only time it really felt like book you're on for me is was when he dropped down yeah. onto the ship. Like that was awesome. But then after that, I was like, yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my my only problem with this scene was in that Danny has three dragons and none of them are providing air support Take to her navy. Take a dragon with oh my god, <laughs> like. Duh, they could have completely solved the entire situation with one dragon. Which but, I guess it's night, so I don't know how much. You don't know how, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know yeah, what I don't know how effective vision. it can be, but still, like, they, they are some send ships ahead or something. Well, I think, too, the stealth was supposed to be a factor in uh, being stealthy and get in there and attack. Maybe they were worried a dragon might, you know, give away yeah, the game. Which is why it's at night, I guess. It's yeah. too bad the writers never watched Mythbusters because they missed an opportunity with Euron. You know how people <sighs> were complaining that he didn't have the eye patch? Oh, they could have. You know what? You know the, the, there's like a thing Mythbusters did about a dark adapted eye. Do you guys know about this? Mm-mm. So there's a theory that a lot of pirates, the reason you see them depicted with having an eye patch is because what they would do is it wasn't that they didn't have an eye. It's just you would put an eye patch over one eye, right? Oh, I think I heard this. Yeah. So you've got the, let's say your right eye is is covered, your left eye is open during the day, right? Mm-hmm. At nighttime, what you do in a night attack, ah. you take off the patch or you put it over the other eye. Your oh, other wow. eye is adjusted to darkness and you can see better. They did this whole thing on MythBusters where they put them through all this stuff, and it came out with a validity kind of thing. Oh, wow. that's, that's so, like oh, the cool. dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because what? it was awesome. It assumes your eyes see at the same your your eye your vision is the same in both eyes. So if you have a terrible left eye, covering <laughs> it or not covering it, well. I'm going to do a damn thing. Yeah, but I think there's a good portion of the population out there, and particularly probably if you're a pirate, you probably. <laughs> It's not people like me who can't see. It's people who, you know, yeah, you think pirates in general. Good vision in both us. On good vision. I don't like, know. Like I thought pilots. it was super cool and I read about it and I I know about the idea of dark adapted vision and I'm like, that would have been neat. Well, I like I say, on both, Yeah, you do have to have good vision because it is one of the watching the, you know, at the deck being whoever's, uh, what the is that parent, up in the, the yeah, crow's the, nest. The, Knights, wa- yeah, not knights. They probably club. like pirates probably start in a role like that yeah. before they graduate to captain. So yeah, they probably do have, they probably do have better than average yeah. vision. I could see miles away. Yeah. Yara probably should have had a few of those posts, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Pros nest, yeah. All right, I think that's gonna bring us to the end 
Uh, let's see some mail. We have mail. We do. Um, we've got a message from Donkey Leg, and he's like, "Hey guys, it's me, Donkey. Um, first of all, first this is first the Sunday boobs." And then he's got the- <laughs> <laughs> he caught his boobs. Oh god! Uh, now that we got oh. that out of the way, we can talk about less important stuff. I think Theon did the right thing jumping off the ship. Now I may not have a leg to stand on, but hear me out. That was Donkey Lake humor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if Theon okay. attacks Uncle Ronnie, he for sure would have died, and also Asha would have died right away. Ronnie was in full arm- armor and had Asha by the throat. The second Theon approaches Asha, uh, Asha gets dead, and then Theon would have to fight the bloodthirsty lunatic, probably all hopped up on God knows what with no help. He's right there. <laughs> yep. Theon made the right decision. Now he can tell Danny what happened, and he lives to fight another day to hopefully rescue his sister. Some ways say that he freaked and jumped out of uh, just out of fear, but I like to think he calculated his options and made the right choice. He may not have a penis, but he has brains, and in my opinion, he did the right thing. Keep it I funky. Agree. I agree. I saw somewhere, and I don't, I didn't pick up on it, but somebody said she motioned for him to jump. Did anybody else really? pick up on that? I, I did not pick up on that. At yeah, all. I didn't pick up on that. So I, I like that idea. Yeah. 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 I'm going to yeah. look for it, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, in my brain, I'm just going to decide that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's the, yeah, I'm not even going to look for it. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, we also got some uh, Tumblr mail. And alias SD6 writes, Hi, ladies. I finally caught up with all the episodes. Very entertaining as usual. It's like listening to old friends, and you make my workday easier to get Aww. through. Love I love Lot's enthusiasm over Nick and Gwen doing interview, <laughs> interviews together. <laughs> I agree. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's all in caps. All in caps. <laughs> all right. So then we have In and On who says... I know you do show episodes now, but I must rant a bit about the news. Mostly because I get the feeling you're in the same boat as me and don't give a flying fuck about the fucking dead Targaryens and that stupid new book. <laughs> but what pisses me the most is that fucking bastard straight up lied when he said he will not be writing anything but the winds of winter. So fuck him and I hope he gets fucking beard lice. Seriously now, when is realistically possible we will get the winds of winter? What do you think? Realistically, never. I, I think I have to give this person major props for beard lice. I've never even thought of that. Do <laughs> you guys real. remember in, I, I think that I'm just going to say, I think dances with wolves is one of the worst movies ever, but if you watch it as a comedy, it's actually awesome. And there's a part of it where, you know, he has his precious journal and eventually gets used as toilet paper by, by other people. <laughs> and I want to buy the fucking Targaryen book and shit in it. <laughs> Use it as toilet paper. Oh, That's I'm what sorry, I would like didn't to happen. do. <laughs> so I feel like a sucker. Like he kind of tricked me for a while because I thought maybe when he said even that new interview, like 2018, I was like, well, maybe he will. If he's so adamant. So you really think he's just bullshitting again. <laughs> I mean, he also bullshitted about not working on anything. And I mean, it's just so ridiculous for him to be all indignant towards a fandom when he's the one who's writing the extended histories. He's writing the extra material before he writes the material. It'd be like if J.K. Rowling... Yeah, that's... It'd be like if J.K. Rowling stopped after the fifth Harry Potter book and then did all this Pottermore shit. <laughs> Oh, God. And then acted oh. all put up 
Like, what the fuck? I like, we want to know what happened. Would have happened. Oh man. So, uh, I'm sorry for all the profanity, but not really. No, it's, no. I've sworn like a sailor. You're good. Like um, a sailor with with um dark adjusted eyes. <laughs> dark adjusted eyes. Yeah. Which is also the name of a really good mystery, by the way. Um. Okay, we got more. Um, Cutie Pillar blog says, "Can you believe we got to see hot pie? I love that hot everyone pie. does it now with the exclamation points." And is that Arya's real personality? But my real question is, how much will Theon and Yara's fe- fleet being destroyed affect Danny's plan? Hmm. That is. Hmm. Well, I mean, I presume since there's literally no other people in Dorne because every person in Dorne that we've ever met is now dead. Right. So that that castle's empty. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, what are they do? I, yeah, I don't know if there's if there's going to be Dornish troops to carry out the siege plan. So I kind of feel like they have to go. Aren't we supposed to see Casterly and Brock though? Yeah, but um, I don't know if the siege is going to happen because I don't. Well, unless she uses the Dothraki to siege. Well, but here's the thing: if Euron and Cersei are using Alaria, a threat of Alaria being killed, then I assume that the Dornish may not attack at all. Like, would they right. just say, "Oh, I fuck"? Why would they care? Didn't she literally usurp that? Yeah, throne? that's true. That's. True. I'd be like, "Yeah, have her, bye." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kill the like she killed the ruler and his and the heir. And yeah, her. they wouldn't care. <laughs> Know, and, they, and they never addressed it on the show either no. that like were the people behind her with that move or what yeah. because if they were then I mean yeah keep her as a captive and now Dorn is off the table and isn't that the assumption though if they're using them and saying oh we're going to work with you to get Dorn to fight then that's the assumption that they would give a shit so I don't know I'm confused unless the Dorn is just really still hate the Lannisters because of Agon and Rhaenys yeah. yeah, I'm assuming that what's going to happen with um, Asha and I refuse to call her Yara and um, Alaria is that they're going to end up being like Cersei's chew toys in King's oh, Landing God. and Euron will do horrible rapey things to them because that's yes. what oh. they do on this show. Spoilers is the rape with the Yara. Oh, God. Yeah, oh. I'm pretty sure. And there's going to be a whole baby daddy drama. Oh, God. Yeah. I was thinking that after, especially after Sansa mentioning, do you remember what happened to our grandfather when he went south? Right. Like that that would kind of play out with Alaria and is it Tyene, the one that's her daughter? Yeah. On the show? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking something like that would play out. Like, yeah. definitely, Tyene is definitely dead. And, you know, Alaria has to watch. And I don't think she'll be strangled or anything like Rickard. But, um... That she would definitely be tortured after. Something. And then, I mean, there's that, that one, and I don't know how long ago that came out. I don't even know where the hell I saw this, but the one about the same spoiler that Euron was going to rape Yara was saying something. He made a, he makes a comment to Theon at the dragon pit that, oh, is it about his two babies? Like Cersei's has a baby from him and Yara does too now. Uh, oh, what? Is what? I know. I it's wasn't real. even thinking of that. I was oh, thinking of really they sick. were. One of them, someone in the show, like a production person was talking about how Euron was going to make and uh, Ramsey look like, you know, nothing, which I was like, oh, yeah, great. I do remember them saying that. And I, I really like, do. We really it, have to no. be spoilers. I mean, who knows? I mean, we don't know until we see it, but I hope it's not. I mean, it seems like something stupid they do. So I'm almost assuming that it'll happen. But <laughs> that just. Mm. All right. Uh, we also heard from Apples Are Happy, who says, hey, guys, it's been a while. I hope everyone is doing good. Something I noticed is both Danny and Arya have been called pretty slash beautiful this app. And now I don't know if more 
girls have been called beautiful since I haven't seen the whole episode, but do you think it ties in with the prophecy of the younger, more beautiful queen? Hmm. Euron said this last, or said last episode that he always wanted to marry the most beautiful woman queen. And while he said that to Cersei, no doubt in my mind, he was talking about Danny. He will definitely double cross Cersei, just like Tywin did with the Mad King. Mm. Are the writers trying to make the fans believe that Danny is the younger, more beautiful queen? Hugs all around. Hmm. I think it's a good point. I think there's some validity yeah, to that. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, we also got an Anon, who won my heart by pointing out a few things. Um, <laughs> Ugh, can't stand Euron and how over the top he is. He must have gone to Moffat's school of villainy. <laughs> also, I refuse to believe that Ash, and I did not write this, that Asha didn't have anyone <laughs> watching out for other ships in the enemy waters. But I guess I must accept that the dicks are writing things they think are cool, not the ones that make sense. Quick question. Is it me or was Arya's behavior off in the scene with Hot Pie? I don't get what they were trying to do. Maybe to show how unladylike she is, but I don't think Arya would be so rude. I don't think that's what they were going for. I think it was... They've been trying to sort of play off this, like, she's the stone-cold killer, but there's still Arya in there, maybe, and I think that was why she was initially so hostile. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I got from it, because she yeah. seemed a bit robotic at first, mm-hmm. talking to Hot Pie, but then once he mentions John, like, coming down from the wall, Battle of the Bastards, you start to see her shift, and she actually starts to show some emotion, yeah. so that's what I kind of, that's what I feel like they were yeah. doing. Yeah, you can sort of see her face melt and kind of yeah. you know, relax a little, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say I like Euron. I mean, I like the character thus far. And mostly just because, you know, who think about our heroes, you know, John Dower, Danny Dower, you know, Jamie inept, Brienne <laughs> doing nothing, Davos, no personality, Cersei, a villain, but, you know, kind of boring and dour. Like, then the, and, you know, Asha, like, she's a lusty pirate wench in the, in the show. She's dour. You know, like, then there's someone who's not. Like, there's one, you know, there's one or two characters who are just the opposite of that. And yes, it's totally over the top, but you know what? It's a, it's a tits and dragons show. And not everyone has to be like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, everyone is so freaking unhappy on the show right now and there's no life to anyone. It's like, let the fucking White Walkers take over. You're not doing anything anyway. You're just like living in misery. You might as well be a, you know, <laughs> you might as well a be walker. a white walker. Yeah, he did make right. me laugh. I'll say that for him. He did, last week he did, he did bring the laughs and he got a couple of chuckles out of me. And, you know, if the, if we've got to see Jamie and Cersei sex, I say add your on into it. You know, let's go all out and cracky. And, or, Are you thinking like threesome? Threesome. Yeah. I, whatever. Oh, At this point, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> that she'll have three good hands. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel someone's got to write that. Okay. (laughs) We put it into the universe. AO3, will you deliver? (laughs) (laughs) We also got an iTunes review. Um, It's in all caps, the title. All caps, Brienne is the title. By Grumpy Gopert, and it's a five-star review. Who says, completely engaging, a song of ice and fire, Game of Thrones podcast. That doesn't fall all over itself by making excuses slash apologies for the show. Hat. The hosts slash guests do such a great job, great job of deep, deep diving into every aspect of the show that I'm surprised they aren't commenting on the caters and the grips. <laughs> <laughs> Any-
anyhow or anyway, definitely worth the time and subscription. Well, I would comment on the grips if I knew what grips did, and I don't, so. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we got. Yeah, thank you for that review. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We like getting mail. We like getting your questions and uh, you can send those to us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can send us uh, to us at Tumblr, close the door and come here Follow us on Twitter at door podcast, subscribe, like review uh, uh, this podcast and all the places you listen, please support us on Patreon. And uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, Devin, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you, ladies, for podcasting. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> closing the door. Get out.